What up, guys? Your boy Quake back with a brand new episode of the Diverse Mentality Podcast number 239. And man, I am exhausted. Today has been a hell of a day. I've been working on this uh, G-Unit Spinner documentary. Finally, basically done. Like tomorrow morning, I'm just going to add a little piece towards the end. A little piece towards the, you know, El Chapo cartel. And you guys on Patreon. So if you're listening to this this morning, uh, it'll be on Patreon for the people that have the Rich Gang and Stunna Island tier, which is the $10 a month or $25 a month. If you are in those tiers, you get it 24 hours earlier. So expect it. You know, today, if you're listening to the podcast today, if it's the next day, then, you know, um, you'll get it that day. But expect the 24 hours early for the people on Patreon on those tiers. And then on YouTube, it will be out Tuesday. And then the people on Patreon who have the regular tier, the respect tier, which is the $3 a month, they'll get it at the same time it drops on YouTube. So, you know, everybody will get, you know, whatever versions that, you know, they want to see. Um, so I'm excited for it. Uh it did come out longer than I expected. I honestly expected like a 20 minute video, but it's, it's looking like 45 minutes, I think right now. So, um, hopefully I didn't overdo it. You know, I feel like just the information that was there needed to be there. So, uh, 45 minute, roughly documentary on the Geonis spinner disappearing in Chicago. So very interesting. I always wanted to cover that story. I just thought it was, uh, something cool. And there's some behind the scenes stuff happening about that story too. So there might be a part two. It depends on how, how this one performs. Uh, if it performs really well, I'm going to do a part two. And it's going to involve interviewing the people that have never spoke on the incident before. So it's going to be very interesting. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. And hopefully it does well. But uh, let's get into the news. There's a lot of news, a lot of interesting things, and a lot of things that I want to kind of debate, essentially. Uh, Young Thug's lyrics, the YSL Rico case, his lyrics uh, are going to be used in uh, the court case. So let's go over the article. Young Thug's lyrics may be used against him on his ongoing YSL Rico trial, and spectators have been given a look into a few of the bars on the table. On Wednesday, November 8th, Atlanta Journal-Constitution journalist Joseph Papp took to Twitter to share some of the lyrics being used in the courtroom. The lyrics that could be potentially used are as follows. I just beat a murder rap. Paid my lawyer 30 for that. Me and my slimes above the law. Yeah, that's that's... I just beat a murder rap. Hey, come on, man. And then another another verse is, uh, or bar or whatever. Honestly, truth be told, YSL won't fold. Pick his ass off from the balcony. YSL, wipe a blank nose. Okay, honestly, truth be told, YSL won't fold. Pick his ass from the balcony. Maybe somebody got whacked in the balcony. Uh, other lines, I shot at his mommy. Now he no longer mentioned me. Okay, yeah, that's something. Uh, another line is, I rep, I rep my life for real. For slimes, you know I would kill. Yeah, that is, and then there's another one. Hey, how you doing? I'm Yak Gotti. I got bodies on bodies. Yeah. Damn, that's that's interesting. Uh, the problem is, DA Fannis Wills, the same district attorney who is prosecuting Donald Trump, may not have gotten all the lyrics right. According to court documents obtained by Hip Hop DX on October 30th, some of the lyrics listed in the court documents were incorrect, and still others were incorrectly attributed. For example, the documents read "knocking off your big homie bitch," and the and credit the lyric to Yakati and Unfunk song "Mob Ties," but that line doesn't appear anywhere in the song, though a similar line does appear in the song's hook "Spit by 24 Heavy," and Yakati doesn't appear on the track at all. 
Another error on the documents involves Anybody, which was released in 2018. While the documents claim the lyrics are ready for war like I'm Russia, I get all types of cash, I'm a general. The actual lyrics are ready for war like I'm Russia, latest Chanel for the luggage. While a proposed federal bill limiting the use of song lyrics in criminal proceedings is still pending in the House of Representatives, a similar bill has been introduced in states throughout the country. Uh, D.A. Willis has confirmed to NBC News that she will continue to use song lyrics as evidence against the defendants if she feels they are relevant. Shortly after the jury comprised of seven black women, two white women, and two black men, and one white man per Yahoo was finally seated last week, Judge Glanville took the prosecutor's office to task for potentially expanding their witness list and for being evasive with providing evidence. Yeah, so that's a whole um, different case. But, uh, you know, I, I have no issues with lyrics being used. There's been a lot of outrage on this. Like Meek Mill responded to a killer Mike, and they're like, what the fuck? This scares me. This is not right. Listen, hip-hop imitates real life a lot of times. Uh, hip-hop is a different genre in that in that, in that form. Um, and it unfortunately involves a lot of street gang activity. Uh, I'm sure if country did that, uh, if jazz did that, if pop music did that, if, you know, whatever, rock did that, uh, you know, it would be used against them. But unfortunately, hip-hop has a lot of those street ties. So, you know, you should, the artist should know that if you're actually involved in street stuff, why brag about it in the music, man? Other like artists earlier in the days, they, they wouldn't do that, man, because they know the police would listen. You know, like there's been so many stories of, of hip-hop artists, but have they ever mentioned it on tracks? No. Not even when they diss each other, they don't mention like the actual street stuff. But nowadays, it's about clout. It's about who can clown each other more. It's about, you know, just stuff like, not even about the music anymore. Honestly, it's become really... And this is why I think Melly Mel gets a lot of hate, but Melly Mel, you know, I like his stance on hip hop. He's like, man, it's become, it's become, instead of artists, it's become street guys turning into artists. And there's nothing wrong with that because some do it very flawlessly. Jay-Z, 50, uh, you know, whoever else, Cameron, you know, people who've been in the streets and they, they transition into, um, you know, hip hop. Some do it flawlessly, but majority of them don't. They're stuck in the streetways and they start getting to street activity. You know, instead of, hip-hop being about the artist. So I have no issue with lyrics being used. If you're a grown man bragging about harming other people and you actually did it, I could give two fucks about, you know, what happens. Now, I do think that these lyrics need to be proved. There needs to be a solid connection. If you're going to use a lyric, a bar, like let's just say he's talking about, uh, you know, I shot at his mommy, now he no longer mentioned me. Like if they can figure out like, hey, why like Young Thug and YSL did shoot at, you know, a wife and Lucci's mom or whatever the case may be. If they can tie all those together, then that lyric makes sense to be used. I'm, you know, why would I be against that? That that that's evidence right there. Uh, I think lyrics being completely taken out, you know, and they can't be. Oh, it's an art form. That's 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 no. That's this is not an art form. Bragging about killing people. I'm sorry. There's no way you can twist that and change that. That is not an art form. You know, that's just not, especially if it ties to your real life. That's not our, that's real life. That's, that's you just rapping about real life, what you're doing. That's bragging about murdering people. Right now, like Keefe D, perfect example, uh, starts bragging about what he did. That was a shooting. Now he's locked up. Same shit. Just, just, this is just with a beat behind it. That's it. And it rhymes. That's it. 
There's nothing different. Um, so by hiding behind that, it's an art form. Nah, man. If it was an art form, you know what's an art form? Making up stories is an art form. You know? And if you did street stuff in the past, just don't name specific moments, specific things. You know, this is too specific. I shot at his mommy right after the incident happened. And you go and fucking record about it. That's way too specific. Rap about it, instead of saying I shot at his mommy, I shot at his people, you know, and now he no longer mentioned me. Like that, that could be a little bit more broad. You're just talking that gangster talk. Fuck it. But I shot at his mommy, like literally right after it happened. You make that song. Come on, man. That's just being dumb at that point. Then there's, I have, there's, no, you can't defend that. There's no way defending that. You know, I think if you defend that, you're just encouraging more of the violence, more of the murder. Like if Young Thug actually did this stuff, I, I would like for all the people that said free YSL, Drake, uh, whoever, because Drake is one of the biggest ones. I always know saying it. Whoever said free YSL. If Young Thug actually did these, order these hits and murders, they should all retract that and condemn what Young Thug did for the sake of hip-hop culture because this is why hip-hop is starting to fall off as a genre because a lot of bullshit like this is getting away. A lot of clowns are getting here where it's just about clout and about bragging rights and about dead ops. Like, come on, man. It's gotten to, to a different ridiculous level where it's not even about the art form anymore. Um. So I have no issue with lyrics being used as long as the connection is strong. If you're, if they're just throwing lyrics, you know, oh, he said, you know, I, I pulled up on, on, on somebody and popped like, you know, just something that's not specific, whatever the case may be. Like if, if it's not really direct and you can't prove it, don't use the lyrics though. Like it can't like his whole young thug, like let's just say they used young thug in his name. He's a thug cause his name is young thug. That would be stupid. Like that, that would be something that's like, oh, his whole identity is a gangster and you know, oh, look at his rap lyrics. He's rapping about gangsta stuff. Nah, unless it's specific like this, I can see why it's used. And I have no issue with that. I think anybody having an issue with that should be looking into the case and condemning it. Killer Mike, uh, Meek Mill, you know, I get it. Those are your homies. You know, you're cool with them, but look into the case. And if, if he actually gets charged with this stuff, what do you guys got to say at that point? Is it still going to be free YSL? I don't think so. So, uh, yeah, we'll keep our eye on this. Very interesting, though. Uh, Drake, so the Astroworld incident that happened with uh, those people, you know, getting basically trampled and killed uh, happened roughly two years ago. It was in November 2022, yeah, 2021, sorry. And yeah, two years ago. And Drake is getting questioned about it. So let's go over the article. Drake has been famously, has been famously interview averse in recent years. However, he has recently had a request he could not say no to. A deposition in the series of the ongoing lawsuits over the tragedy at Travis Scott's Astroworld Festival. On Thursday, November 9th, Drizzy was questioned for several hours about the November 2021 concert, according to Rolling Stone. No details about the content of the deposition have been made public so far. Drake's team, when contacted by the publication, said only due to orders in the case, I don't feel it is appropriate to comment on the matter. The Toronto native was a surprise guest during Scott's set at the 2021 Astroworld Festival in Houston. But during that set, 10 people died, eight at the scene, and two in the days following, and hundreds more were injured during a crowd crush. Several days after the horrific incident, Drizzy addressed it on Instagram. He said, I spent the past few days uh, truing to warp my mind around this devastating tragedy. I hate resorting to this platform to express an emotion as delicate as grief, but this is where I find myself. My heart is broken for the families and friends of those who lost their lives and for anyone who is suffering. I will continue to pray for all of them 
and will be of service in any way I can. May God be with you all. Yeah, man, sad situation, but deposition, that's, you know, I'm sure that video is going to come out. Usually depositions do come out. Uh, Lil Wayne's deposition, Michael Jackson's deposition, whoever's majority of depositions come out. So uh, that's going to be out. But I'm glad there's movement in this. I'm glad that, uh, you know, there's things happening because I think, honestly, somebody needs to get charged with this. I don't know. You know, it's a very tricky situation, but somebody, you know, their family needs to get some type of justice for what happened somewhere, whether it's Live Nation paying it, Travis Scott, uh, the, I don't know, the venue, the, I don't know, whatever, whatever. I think there's a lot of different parties involved, uh, companies as well. So somebody needs to be held accountable for this because tragic situation, man, 10 people dying, that's no joke, especially at a concert. So we'll keep our eye on this and see if anything updates. DJ Khaled, we the best. Who? We. Anyways, uh, Khaled appeared on Club Shay Shay's podcast and Shannon Sharp asked him about the Tony Yayo incident. So if you guys don't remember, Tony Yayo back on Drink Champs said he was doing a promo run for his album. And because he was beefing with Fat Joe, that uh, DJ Khaled didn't want to shake his hand. Because DJ Khaled is obviously loyal to Fat Joe. So uh, let's play the clip because I'm curious. So let's listen to what DJ Khaled had to say about the incident. I am the definition of loyalty. Okay. Um, anybody that know Khaled, I'm a loyal friend, but also a loyal meaning as in it's it's not just the word loyalty, it's family. Yes. Right? I'd be uncomfortable knowing that you and this person are not getting along and I know it's serious. Right. I'm uncomfortable acting like everything is cool when I'd rather just be at peace and walk away from yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So at that time, you know, I work at a radio station. Everybody's welcome at a radio station. Correct. So you could never involve them type of situations. Correct. And I understood that. If you want to know the story's true, yeah. let's talk about the handshake Okay, part. the handshake's true. The hand, you didn't shake his hand yet. By the way, it's all love now. We good now. Um, he did come shake my hand. I told him I can't do that. You what do you do like that? Yeah, just like that yeah, I just told him I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. <laughs> so, what he, so, so what did he say? He felt some type of way? <laughs> you know, when he told the story and I heard him and he said he respected me um, and he understood. Right. And that was love. Right. You know saying that was love him saying that and I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I just couldn't shake his hand at that moment. Right. And and Joe will tell you, I was the guy, Joe will tell you, so I want you to ask him this. I was the guy saying, we don't need no problems with those guys. Right. We don't need no problems with nobody. Correct. The funny thing about this whole thing is that Yayo is so loyal to 50 that he would probably do the same thing. And then Khaled's so loyal to Fat Joe that, you know, he clearly did that. So I'm just, it's funny that the story is actually real. You know, not that I thought Yayo was lying. Uh, Yayo has never really been known to lie in stories. A lot of the, you know, stuff that he's told has been proven factual by a lot of people. So the fact that this is confirmed, Khaled actually did that. I don't know. <laughs> I, I wish Khaled would address if he actually said F you to Yayo and, you know, put up the middle finger and said, DJ Khaled, which I don't think that actually happened because Yayo likes to kind of, it seems like Yayo adds spice to the story, which makes it more interesting and fun to, to watch. So, I, you know, I wish he would have addressed that at least, but he did say he didn't shake his hand. And, uh, you know, like he said, being at a radio station is something where you welcome everybody, but, you know, he felt like it would be disrespectful to Fat Joe, and there's nothing you can do but salute that. I hope, you know, this, I hope Khaled, and Yayo and G-Unit and 50 and all that, they kind of, you know, 
they mend things because, um, you know, no reason to have a beef. Obviously, Khaled's cool at Ross, but, uh, you know, in 50s, not. So that's a little, that's where the little bit of the issue comes in. But everybody else around Khaled, 50s cool with now. You know, Lil Wayne, Fat Joe, uh, who else Khaled's with, man? Bird, whatever, Birdman, all these other people, you know, Khaled's cool with. But uh, I'm actually might not be cool with Birdman anymore, but that's a whole different story. But, you know, the only person is Rick Ross where, you know, there's still some tension there. But uh, very cool, man. I'm, I'm glad that, you know, the story was told. Khaled liked that, you know, Yayo respected him in the story. And then Khaled responded to it in a respectful way. And just very, very dope, man. So hopefully, you know, DJ Khaled got on his album a feature with 50 and Yayo. That'd be fire. You know, I'm going to be on a DJ Khaled album. But, uh, yeah, crazy story. Jeezy, Jeezy uh, has been doing a lot of interviews with his new album. I haven't listened to his new album. Uh, I haven't listened to the Meek Mill and Rick Ross album. I have heard a couple of tracks I enjoyed, but uh, I need to, you know, take some time out, listen to those projects. Uh, I've been bumping Halloween Havoc 4 and then bumping a lot of music. Whenever I do documentaries, whatever at that moment that I'm doing a documentary on, I'll listen to that type of music. So I've been listening to a lot of Young Buck straight out of Cashville, a lot of Lloyd Banks Hunger for More, a lot of Yayo. Thoughts of a Predicate Felon, you know, those type of G-Unit records because uh, I've been doing that G-Unit Spinner documentary, so I'm kind of trying to put myself in 2004, 2005 era. Um, so I haven't really listened to a lot of new stuff. I have that kind of habit of doing that. You know, even when I do the Diddy $1 million hit video, I'm sure I'm going to go back to you know the 90s with Diddy and Tupac and Biggie and all that stuff. So I just have those moments where I just deep dive in that, and it makes me, makes me make the documentaries better. But regardless, Jeezy... Uh, recalls a moment where he had a seven-figure check. Seven figures is a million dollars all the way up to $9,999,999. So a million to like $9.999 million uh, before it reaches the actual $10 million, which is eight figures. Um, and he said, this is, just this is just a very, very cool story. He basically said that he was so, so tied into the streets and made so much money from the streets that he never cashed that seven-figure check. It was like worth two, three million. And then Jay-Z called him and was like, yo, you're tripping. You got to cash this check. And it's an interesting story of why he didn't do it. So I'm going to play the clip for you guys. Um, and then when I got into music, I saw it the same process. Of course, I went through my times where I was spending and blowing money because it's like I couldn't believe it. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, like, I do this and they give me a check, like a real check. Like, oh, you know, by the way, you got to talk to John Plant. Uh, over at Warner, because he was the first person that gave me a, a check for publishing, right? Back Big then. Job. I ain't cashed a check for like a year and a half. He called me. He's like, yo, what's going on with the check I gave? I said, I'm going to keep it real with you. I left it in some <laughs> pants, and I think it got faded, and I don't know where it's at. How much was the check for? A few million. And, and Jay-Z called me like, yo, man, you got to quit playing. And that's how I was like, all right, I got to. So you, you didn't need a few million dollars? Not at the time, because when he gave me the, you know, because when I came in from music, when I came in from the streets to music, you know, I you know I was good. Like I had, I was straight. So the 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 music to me, I was more infatuated with the fact that people liked what I was doing. You, yeah. you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like I didn't I didn't need the money. It, so I thought, yeah. right? You know what I'm saying? And I just I just had the bread. So to me, it was just like. And then I was getting money for shows. It was just like it was like taking ice cream from a baby. Like it was it, it was the sweetest ever. So when he gave me a check, I didn't even have an account. Think about that. No bank account. No. When Def Jam gave me my check, I didn't have an account. Shoebox. 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 And I was just putting the checks in the box. The box putting is... checks in box like they money, like it's bills. Well, because I didn't understand how it worked. Ah. 
You see what I'm saying? I was too embarrassed. To ask. To ask. How to open this account. What do I do? Who do I talk to? Right. And by the way, I was paranoid of banks because the first thing I'm thinking, if they... The feds come. Yeah, it's going to be money laundering. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Still got that that's, mentality. That's how I got that mentality. Yeah, yeah. That is wild. So, <laughs> you know, Jeezy's been known to be, you know, be a meth in the streets. He's probably making a lot of money. Illegally, be it though. And then once he started blowing up with the music... He's making money legally, getting checks, getting publishing checks, whatever, upfront checks, record label deals. Def Jam was just, you know, wrote him checks. Didn't have a bank account. And he was too scared and embarrassed to ask for a bank account. That is just a crazy story. To the point where Jay-Z had to call and be like, yo, what the fuck is going on, bro? Um, this is interesting because I, I, I like talking about finances. I like talking about money. I think I tweeted a while ago. Um, I know when I talk about finances and all this stuff, a lot of people message me like, can you speak about it more? Can you uh, expand on business and how to grow and all this stuff? So in the future, I think I want to get into the finance world. Maybe, you know, it's something that I'll probably, but I want to get older and I want to experience more before I start giving advice to people because I still feel like I'm young, 28 years old, not super young, but I do feel like there's more that I can experience and more that I can learn from. I feel like if you're going to get into finance, at least be in your 30s, 35, somewhere around there where you're, you know, you're a little a lot more seasoned, you know, um, not to say that I'm inexperienced because there's a lot of stuff that I'm experienced in, but there's a lot of stuff that I'm not. So uh, I just like talking about finances and stuff. And this was interesting. So I wanted to talk about uh, XXX Tentacion. Uh, there was an interesting conversation with TK Kirkland on Vlad TV with Vlad. And they said that XXX Tentacion would have never got killed had he never pulled out money, the cash, because he basically got killed for the cash in his uh, Louis, Louis bag that he had. Uh, he had, I don't know how much money, I forget, but uh, the jewelry, whatever, the cash, uh, it was not worth, obviously, someone's life, but he got killed basically for that, and he didn't want to give it up, but ultimately they ended up taking it, killing him. Uh, but had he never, like, this was interesting, just, just, just Vlad, I think, said it, so let me play the clip and see. Yeah, I mean, you had, a, you had a tweet. You said, uh, I don't know why some of you guys walk around with thousands of dollars in your bag. Grow up. Who raised you? Yep. Get you a credit card. Use it and pay off that car and make payments two times a month or more. It'll increase your credit score. Man, don't it? Look at look at someone who you knew, XXX Tentacion. Yes. He had to go to this bank and take out thousands of dollars in cash and put it in a Louis Duffel bag because it felt good to have all that money mm -hmm. in his hand. That's so Only sad. to have a bunch of idiots yes. notice that and kill him for it. Yep. You think they would have killed him for his American Express card? Not at all. Think they would have killed him for his visa? Not at all. He's got the money. He got the money. He's got the income. Yep. He probably had the credit. If not, it didn't matter because he had so much money coming in. He didn't need that cash he with him. He didn't need that cash with him. At all. It's a young man's mistake. They roll up on him, pull the guns. Hey, here's my wallet. It was only $100. What do you want me to do? That's right. <laughs> That's all I got. Take it. I didn't even look at it that way, Vlad. There's Damn. no resisting arrest if you take my credit cards. Have it. As soon wow. as you go, I'll, I'll cancel it. I all. love that. Like it's, it's what you said is so simple and it's right there in your face. For example, this XXX Tentacion story. Like they said, if he had his credit cards, they would have robbed him of his credit cards. If he had like $100, a few hundred dollars in his, in his wallet, you know, whatever. They got away with $500, whatever. I never carry cash. I really don't. It's rare. If I ever do, my wallet actually got stolen. And immediately when it got stolen, uh, the person tried to purchase stuff at Walmart, like $260 immediately at Walmart. 
eight, my, my phone got the text message. Hey, uh, fraud, are you trying to purchase? Boom. I said, no, card didn't work. Every other card I canceled within seconds because you can do that through your app usually, whatever card it is, credit card or debit card, whatever. All of them were canceled in seconds. So that person couldn't use a single penny. And it's, had I had cash in there, which is a lot of money to me. $100 is a lot of money to me. I would not like to just lose $100. Uh, That person would have walked away with something, but they walked away with nothing, nothing. They couldn't get anything. And, you know, it's fine to have some cash. Cash is not, not a big deal, but, you know, if you're ever touching money, you know, like any type of money, $1,000, $5,000, you're pulling it out, trying to flex and stuff. It's just the dumbest shit ever, man. You're going to get robbed. Something's going to happen. You're just going to lose the money. It's not smart. And use credit like they were talking about in this clip. Credit is one of your biggest friends ever if you know how to utilize it. If you don't know how to utilize it, it's going to haunt you and it's going to really screw you over because it's tempting. I remember when I first got my credit card, I got like a limit of like $1,500 or $2,000 or something like that. The credit limit was like somewhere around there. And boom, I immediately started using. I didn't know about like, hey, stay under 30%. Usually, ideally, you want to stay to 10 to 15%. So, for example, if you have a credit limit of $1,000, you want to stay between $100 to $150 max and pay it off immediately before the next cycle comes so you don't get charged interest. And so when they report your your credit card balance to the credit bureaus, it reports as $0. And that's how you build your credit limit, how you build your credit score, and how you build a history. Because once you build that up, you'll be able to, to, you know, bank will trust you in taking loans if you want to start a business. Hey, I need a loan for $50,000. They'll look at your credit history. Oh, wow. For the past four or five years, you haven't had a, a huge credit balance. You've been paying on time, haven't missed anything. Of course, we'll give you $30,000. You're a responsible person with your money. Um, and these things, like, these things... You know, I've learned over time. This isn't like I just learned in a single day. You know, over time, you know, I started making money at a young age. Not to like brag or anything like that, but at 14, 15, I was making money from my hip hop website. You know, sometimes I would touch three, four thousand, five thousand a month. At one point, you know, I, I touched like six, seven, you know, insane numbers a month. As a kid, that's like insane. Um, money isn't everything to me, and it shouldn't be to anybody. I know, I know money is a is a is a is a great tool to, you know take you to where you want to be in life, maybe uh, do what you want to do in life because money gives you a lot of freedom. But money isn't the end-all, be-all of life. Uh, I know a lot of people who've got a lot of money who are lonely. I met, you know, a multi-millionaire who owned Drake's old Bugatti, Lamborghini Aventador. The guy was the saddest. He was living, he was living in this mansion all by himself, man. He would invite me almost every single day because just lonely. He wanted somebody to be there, you know, very lonely guy. So money isn't the end-all, be-all of everything. It's great to have it. It's great to use it. It's great for for a lot of different things, but you should never, you know, just strive just for money, 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 money. I never did, and money just happened to come my way. You know, it's something that I just love what I do, and, you know, I started getting rewarded for what I do. I put a lot of effort into what I do. I reinvested into what I do, and it just happened, you know, to to come my way. Um, And, I, you know, if you look at me, I don't buy fancy things. I think the most... The most expensive thing I ever bought was shoes. Uh, the off-white Nikes, the line ones, for $700. That's the most expensive, and I, re- I honestly regret it. But once I'm looking at the sales now, these shoes, they've actually gone up. So uh, maybe I can make a profit because I'm looking to sell them. 
Um, I'm not really interested in keeping those shoes. Uh, and like, if you look at my, sh- my hoodies, shirts, regular stuff that you can buy anywhere, Walmart, wherever target, uh, I wear a lot of black t-shirts that are like $8. Uh, I replace them like every six months. That's about it. Uh, I don't wear anything fancy. If you're just looking at me at a store, the only thing, the only thing I could tell you where I'm making money, where you could, you could tell, okay, he's, he's got money is my car. That's it. That's the only thing that you can tell. I don't wear jewelry. I don't wear fancy clothes. In fact, I dress like a hobo, homeless person fucking every day, damn near. Because I just, it's not something that I, I like to flaunt and I'm like, oh, I have money. I, you know, and I'm not this, the richest guy in the world. I don't, you know, there's moments where I've struggled that recently, especially with this Gibberish documentary, I put a lot of money into it, haven't recouped it. It, it kind of crippled me a little bit financially in a lot of different aspects. Um, but, you know, that's the thing. That's the, that's this game. You either invest, you don't, you know, you go back and forth, but, um, I say all this to say, don't, don't, you know, even if you, if you start making money, don't flaunt it, man. There's no reason to do it. It's just going to attract bad people in your life. It's going to attract the wrong people in your life. Uh, people are going to only want to be around you for money. Uh, you know, these things, it's not, you know, it's not just, it's not what you should want. Uh, as when I was younger, I used to post money on my Instagram. Like when I was making from the website, I post like hundreds, like laid out. I even have photos, I think, um, still to this day with my website in the background. I had like hundreds, like laying on the laptop just stupid. It was just dumb. I was like 15, 14. So at that age, you know, you might do some stupid flaunts and shit like that if you got the money. But once you reach like 20, 21, 22, like, come on, bro, like grow the fuck up at this point. I uh, just going to cause unwanted things. Uh, but yeah, for me, like I said, the only thing that shows that I have any type of money is my car. Like I like talking about finances, man. So eventually I want to get into this and talk more about it. But uh, it's a whole thing, man. And I've dealt with all kinds of different contracts, deals. I've talked to labels trying to buy my channel out with a lot of money up front. They're like, yo, here's this money. We'll give it to you. Oh my God. I'm like, holy shit, it's a lot of money. But I'm like, nah, man, it's not worth it. I say all this to say flaunting all that stuff, uh, not worth it, man. Uh, you're going to end up you know, getting killed and robbed and just, you know, shit that's not worth it, man. Uh, no reason to, you know, I get it flaunting your wealth, you know, may seem cool because people are going to look at you in a different way, but you're going to attract the wrong people. That's all you're going to do. Uh, so yeah, anyways, uh, wild story, but it's true, man. Had Tentacion not, you know, carried cash, probably still be alive right now. So wild thing to think about, man. Never really thought about it like that. Young Dolph's fiance, speaking of, you know, getting killed for, for crazy things. Uh, she said he was killed over a bruised ego. And this is the same thing I think that happened to Nipsey Hussle. Bruised ego. So let's go over the article. Uh, Young Dolph's fiance, Maya J, has made an emotional claim as to why the Memphis' native was killed. In an Instagram live video posted on Friday, November 10th, the mother of Dolph's two children claimed that the rapper may have been murdered because of what she called a bruised ego. So let's play a clip. Dolph not here because of some rap shit. Somebody got mad. Or you know what? Let me not even... Because I don't know the facts. Because the facts are not just plainly clear but if i were to guess based on the history of things rap shit bro a song or two some ego shit let's no 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 no. let's take that let's let's break that down even more ego shit he not here because of ego that's a spirit if if anybody just want to call a spade a spade it's a spirit and he's not here because of some ego shit and even if you say well he possessed the ego at the end of the fucking day We, we, we killing people because of a bruised, a scarred, 
ego? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I talked about this a lot of times. I've talked about this on the podcast various times about people possessing weapons, guns that can't control their emotions. People who do that who possess guns and can't control their emotions shouldn't have guns because this is what happens. Uh, you say something wrong, guy gets his ego bruised. Oh, man, you disrespect me. Pow, 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 dead. That's basically what happened with Nipsey Hussle. Hey, bro, check on your paperwork. You know, make sure you're good in these streets. That's what Nipsey said to that clown who killed him. Felt like he got disrespected in front of people. What does he do? Go grab his gun, shoot some kills him. Bruised ego, feminine. Fe- that's not a man. That's a, that's, a, that's a bitch is what it is. Feminine, emotional. If you're emotional, you should not have no weapons, man. No guns or nothing. Get that in check before you carry anything. Because when you get any emotions, you're not thinking logically. You're, ah, I'm mad, ah, ha, ha. And then boom, 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 somebody gets killed. So with Dolph, you know, I don't know what, what who's like, maybe it's the, that guy, what's his name, and the rapper that killed him, who's an upcoming rapper. Maybe Dolph didn't want to sign him, bruised his ego, decided, hey, I think his name is like Straight Drop or something like that. Yeah, decided, hey, let's go, let's go get him. Now, I'm really curious to, when the trial starts and all that stuff, I'm really curious to see what, what, what the motive was for this stuff. You know, like, because it's not as direct like Nipsey. Nipsey was like, hey, this happened, this conversation. He got mad, killed him. Dolph was like, yo, I'm going to get some cookies. Some people pull up, shoot. So it's like, you know, there's something, obviously street stuff that goes on behind the scenes, but just interesting in terms of, you know, why, you know, uh, but I, you know, I've, I've explored uh, things about like key Glock having a straight drop, some behind the scenes tension and, you know, straight drop, not getting signed with Dolph and all that stuff. So that could probably be it, but none of it's facts. Like she said, you know, nothing is com- completely confirmed, you know, but, uh, it's probably a bruised ego, man. 90% of men that, that commit these type of things, bruised egos. Where's that video? That guy that, uh, Long, long time ago, I forget his name. Uh, I don't even know. I'm terrible with names. But this guy was like in his Mercedes. He was like some son of like a director, Hollywood director. He was in his Mercedes. Like, why don't women like me? I'm beautiful. I treat them with respect and they don't like me. But I'm going to get my revenge. He was like, I'm going to get my revenge. And he ends up like shooting uh, like a area, like a mall area and just kills like seven, eight women and just, yeah, and then kills himself. Um Bruised ego, that's all it is. Women rejecting him because he's a cornball. He's a clown. Does not approach women. You know, very weird. You can tell he's like socially awkward. And that bruised ego affected him. Hey, I got a Mercedes. I drive a BMW. I should, you know, I'm cool. You women should like me. Look at me. I'm the son of a Hollywood director. Blah, 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 blah. You got no bitches. No bitches. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, I would have laughed at him, honestly, because. You know, that's a that's a miserable life, man. When you got no bitches, it's and I I've, I've been living like that for a while now because I've been busy. Honestly, that's really been the the kind of thing. But uh, start crying. No, I'm just playing. Uh, yeah, it's funny today. Today I went, you know, my brother's birthday. Shout out to Vito. Uh, when I went out to go eat, and my brother's married, my sister's married, so they obviously got you know their significant other, and then there's me with nobody. So the photo, you know, I posted the photo, shared it for my sister. She tagged me and shared it. 
And then I had a friend respond, man, you're third wheeling out here. You're looking crazy. I'm like, man, I don't give a fuck, man. Whenever the time is right, the time is right for me. But yeah, uh, bruised ego. Don't let, if you're, if you're somebody who's very emotional, get that in check, man, because it's going to, even if you don't possess guns and you're not looking to kill people, it's going to affect your life in a lot of different ways because you're not going to be able to think logically if you're emotional about everything. Business, there is no emotion. Somebody doesn't want to fuck with you. Somebody doesn't want to fuck with you. It is what it is. Uh, anything in life, man, it's not, it's not that most 99 times out of 10, it's not that serious, that deep. Uh, you know, actually a lot of problems in life are just for that day. You're going to be pissed off. And the next day you wake up in the morning, it's done. So, you know, it's not, no point in throwing your life away over stupid stuff, like small things, you know, that, that are going to go away the next day. Even if it stays with you for six months or a year or whatever, or even a lifetime. Let's just say, let's just say you get beat up on camera in front of the world. Uh, you get knocked out, right? You just got knocked the fuck out, and Chris Tucker comes above you like on Friday and says, "You got knocked the fuck out." Uh, you know, you got to live with that, man. It's your consequences. That would suck because I'm sure people would. Uh, nah, I doubt it because like most people aren't gonna remember faces like that, you know, in person. Um, but you know, your friends are probably gonna clown you. A lot of people are gonna clown you for a while, but. Get the fuck over it, man. It's not that serious. Life doesn't end there over some people clowning you online. So uh, bruised ego, you know, downfall of a lot of things, a lot of people. So I agree with her. Lil Yachty made a bold statement that got a lot of people responding, including rappers. And I essentially agree with him. I don't think he's wrong in this. It's funny coming from Lil Yachty because that's musically he isn't the most great artist. But, you know, I'm glad somebody's saying something. Uh, Lil Yachty has announced that he is not a fan of the way things are going in hip-hop today. Me either, Lil Yachty. I agree with you. He went far enough to claim that things are just terrible. He said, hip-hop is in a terrible place, Yachty said at the Rolling Stone Musicians of Musicians event in Brooklyn, New York on Friday, November 10th. The state of hip-hop right now is a lot of imitation. It's a lot of quick, low-quality music being put out. He continued, it's a lot less risk-taking. It's a lot less originality. People are too safe now. Everyone is so safe. I'd rather take the risk than take the L. But despite his complaints about the story, uh, about the sorry state of hip-hop affairs, Lil Boat took the time to show love to at least one rapper. I love J.I.D. J.I.D. is such a beautiful person. He has the spirit of like a real Atlanta uh, guy, and he's such a good, kind person, and he just always embraced me with open arms, so I got nothing but respect for J.I.D., I never heard a bad verse from J.I.D. ever. You know, uh, yeah, so nothing that Lil Yachty said is controversial here. I think some people responded to it. Soldier Boy responded. I think a lot of Soldier Boy responds to, like, damn near everything. But I don't remember what rappers responded. But I know some people responded and were like, ah, you know, what? you guys just aren't looking for the music. You guys aren't checking for the music. I mean, if something's getting pushed to our ears every fucking day and that's all you're hearing... How, like when you go on Apple Music, how are you supposed to check for all this stuff, man? How are you supposed to know that this artist spits like this and does this? And you know, because not everybody, not not everybody knows every every artist that you know. So, you know, if you guys really think that, you know, I think it's just the the, the state of hip hop. That's why it's fallen off as a genre. Is there's no like, there's no meaning behind it anymore. Like eighty to ninety percent of the shit, about eighty percent. I want to say ninety percent. I think that's disrespectful. But about eighty percent of the stuff is just meaningless. Oh, I fuck your bitch. Oh, I shake my ass. Oh, I kill this motherfucker. Oh, I do this. I do that. That's it. It's the same type of beats. 
same type of flows, same subject matter, you know, like females in hip hop, all it is is ass shaking, tits, ass shaking, pussy this, oh, I'm, uh, I need a rich guy, I, uh, I'm a boss bitch, that's it, guys, oh, fuck my ops, uh, you know, I'm rich, uh, slap a bitch, uh, four figure, six figure, I don't know. All kinds of shit like that. That's the same type of shit. So I, I'm blaming both female and guys. There's no guys make garbage music too sometimes. So, you know, I, yeah, I don't know where hip hop is going, man. I don't know. I think a lot of the newer generation, I've said this 90 million times, but the newer generation is kind of gone. Pop Smoke died. XXXTentacion died. Uh, you know, Juice World died. Uh, even Lil Peep, you know, uh, he had his own sound unique. It was interesting. He died. So, a lot of the people that were supposed to move the music forward and give us something new, refreshing for our ears, passed away or died or got killed. It's wild that that some passed away, some got killed, and some just died. Well, actually, no. Some died and not passed away. Because passed away is like when you're old and you just pass away naturally. Or you just pass away in your sleep. But nah, these people, some of them are drugs, some of them were actually shooting. So killed and died. Um, the difference is killed is somebody actually did something to you and then died is, you know, you just did something and got, you know, unalived as TikTok likes to say. So I agree with this. I hope more artists speak like this. Bow Wow said something about this as well. I would like more artists to talk like this so that there's a new fire up under people's asses to actually make good music. You know, a lot of people are sampling 2000 songs because they can't fucking come up with shit that's, even great now. So that just shows, that just tells you right now that if you have to sample other stuff from the earlier, that you're just, you know, music's not, 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 not hitting like that anymore, man. And I think a lot of it has to do with A&R. There's no more A&Rs. There's no people that can, that can coach these, these artists. Now you just blow up off the internet with no, no time to actually get your craft right. And actually become seasoned before you blow up. Before then, you would get seasoned before you blow up. Somebody would discover you, get you on this record label, start teaching you things, how to structure songs, how to do all this stuff, and then boom, you would come out seasoned a lot more. Now it's just, yo, I, bl- I upload a song on YouTube, it blew the fuck up, all of a sudden I'm a superstar, I don't know where to go from here, uh, I need help, this person comes in, this person comes in, no A&R, they don't really teach you much shit, you're making the same type of music, microwave sound, and then you fall the fuck off in like a year or two. Uh, that's really what's happened to a lot of artists. So I think that's the major thing. I think, you know, if record labels are needed, they're needed for this thing, is to have an ANR, is to have a publicist, all this stuff, so you can go the proper route and becoming a great star and artist and all that stuff. Uh, AI. AI, so I'm not a fan of AI music, but here's another uh, reason why. I'm for it if it's for this reason. The DOC says he's making new music with AI technology. He talked about this on Twitter a while ago, but uh, now uh, he reveals what company he's working with, and uh, he went on CBS Mornings to talk about it. So let's play the clip. At 55, the DOC isn't giving up on reclaiming his voice, a shot he got thanks to an old friend. Sam Freddy asked me if I would be interested in building an album using AI technology. I just felt it was a no-brainer 
for somebody like him to have an opportunity to kind of bring some music to the world. Fab Five Freddy connected Curry to the AI company Suno. The world ain't ready for this. That's, that's the closest one. And its CEO, Mikey Shulman. We're teaching the machine um, what Doc used to sound like. We witnessed the early stages in Dallas. When this thing happens, it sounds like a real me. Curry will record music and Suno will use his voice from older songs to make it match what he sounded like before the accident. Aren't there ethical issues here? Of course I think. This one is a slam dunk, letting Doc recreate the voice that he has in his head that he's not been able to get out there for the last 35 years. I can think of no better use of this technology than that. Corey is living in that hope, but also in the lessons of his life. What does it feel like to be up against that mic? It's still home. You know, I've been doing this since I was 16 years old, but I wanted to be the greatest of all time. And AI might be giving me another shot at the title. Wow, very cool, man. One thing that I noticed is that there were actually this company, Suno AI company, was actually playing uh, different versions of what AI had come up with when it comes to the doc's voice. And he was like, okay, this one sounds closest to me. So this is what I mean. AI technology, when, when the artist is alive and willing to work with it, is totally fine because the artist can write stuff. Uh, the artist can record stuff, whatever. So let's just say if, if Wayne never wants to record his actual voice ever again, right? And this company comes and is like, hey, Wayne, I know you never want to record your voice, but we can use your earlier Wayne voice from 1999, and all you got to do is write. And then, boom, they combine together. I think that's fine because the artist is still alive to push whatever it is that's out. But... You know, where AI technology becomes, you know, morally and all that ethically stuff wrong is when somebody's passed away and you're taking old vocals and you're writing some ghostwriters writing some bullshit that has nothing to do with the artist. That's where the issue comes in. I think if an artist has passed away but has like like Michael Jackson, he has a lot of notes of what he's written. If they can take those notes and make an actual song from it, and it's legit, and there's proof that that's Michael Jackson, what he wrote on a piece of paper, the song, I think that's that's also fine because at that point, that's actually what Michael Jackson wrote and wanted as a song. You know, just never got the chance to actually record it for whatever the case may be because passed away, whatever. Um, but for this DOC situation, it is perfect. For somebody that lost their voice because of a car crash, couldn't, you know, he even says, I wanted to be the greatest of all time. Now I'm getting a second chance at doing that. That is so cool, man. Um, and the way it's being used, you know, Doc is in there and saying, hey, this is the voice that's closest to me. This one's not. You know, he knows his voice better than everybody else. So I think, man, I'm excited for this. I hope, you know, something like this comes out, you know, in the next year, which I doubt maybe in 2025, or probably hear a, a DOC, you know, Doc album from, from him. That's a full album from his earlier voice. So that's going to be very cool. I'm all for also artists going back to their earlier voices because a lot of artists, you know, I'm not going to say names because I don't want people to be like, oh, you're blah, 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 but whatever. There's a lot of artists that now sound a lot worse than they did when they were younger. Oh, they sound a lot better. <clears throat> Eminem, Slim Shady, <clears throat> and a lot of artists, 50 Cent, Lloyd Bay, a lot of different ones. A lot of different ones. Game, <clears throat> Jay-Z, <clears throat> Kanye, whatever, whoever. I'm just throwing names out there. I'm just joking, guys. But a lot of those artists sound a lot better when they're, you know, younger and they're early, you know, whatever, 2000s, 90s, whatever the case may be. Um, 
So I'm for it in that type of situation as well. I'm for it, you know, in those type of things. As long as the artist is alive, perfectly fine. You know, this this makes perfect sense of AI use. This is using AI uh, as a collaborative effort and not, you know, to to steal someone's identity, image, and distribute music without anyone's approval or labels trying to, you know, get a cash grab. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for this, man. Dope that this interview, I'm excited for the album. I can't wait. Meek Mill and Rose, aka William Roberts, aka Robert Williams. You know what's funny? You know what I found out, guys, literally today, is that Meek Mill's real name is Robert Williams and Rick Ross's real name is William Roberts. So they literally have the same government names just flipped around. Meek Mill is Robert Williams. Rick Ross is William Roberts. Robert Williams, William Roberts, William Roberts, Robert Williams. That is insane. Like, if they're not meant to be, I don't know what is. Um, so after all the shit talking towards 50, after all the, the promo run that they did, all these interviews, all this, oh, oh, we're going we're gonna to come back and, you know, I'm rich and all this stuff. The album is projected to do thirty to thirty-five thousand copies the first week. Now, you know, I mentioned this on Twitter, and uh, got you know some responses, some interesting responses. You know, some people were saying some people were saying that uh, collab albums sell less typically. So I threw up some numbers. I was like, "Watch the throne." Kanye West and Jay Z did about four hundred like something thousand, four hundred sixty thousand. Jay Z's last Blueprint Three album at the time did four hundred something thousand. Kanye's My Beautiful Dog Twisted Fantasy did something 400,000. So they did literally what they were supposed to do in a collab album. Now, okay, you could say, oh, that's a rare case. Go to Drake and Future, Watch the Throne. Drake at the time, I think before Watch the Throne, which was in 2015, You Drop Nothing Was the Same, that album did about 600,000 first week. Future did only like 190,000. Watch the Throne did about... 330,000 first week. So it did less for Drake's as a solo artist, but a lot more for future. So at least one person out of that collab album benefited, right? So let me go one more, one more down the road. Eminem Royce five, nine. They did like only a hundred something thousand first week. I don't remember what the amount was like 180, 170, whatever. Obviously Eminem before that with recovery did like fucking 700 and something thousand Royce. I don't even fucking know what he did. But obviously, it helped Royce a lot. Never, I don't think he's ever done a hundred and something thousand first week. So at least with with those collab albums, one person at least benefited, you know, out of the situation and did really well. That's kind of the point of a collab album. You prop one other person up, usually. But Kanye and Jay Z were like the same, so you know it made sense that they did the same numbers. They're they're huge. Kanye and Jay Z versus you know all the other ones are different story. You know, Eminem and Royce can't compete with Kanye and Jay Z in star level. Like, you know, Royce is nowhere near Jay-Z and Kanye. Eminem is, but Royce is not. So it's like Eminem, Kanye, and Jay-Z up here and the Royce down here. I'm not saying like lyrical ability or none of that shit, guys. Don't don't throw the music. I'm just saying star level. Then Drake and Future. Drake is high, but Future at the time was, eh, he was all right. You know, he was doing his thing. He started, you know, after he started dropping DS2 and then boom, 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 started blowing up like crazy. Um, I think he dropped it in that year of 2015. Yeah, he dropped it in the same year, 2015. So he started that time buzzing, doing well. Um, regardless, it benefited somebody. With this Meek Mill and Rick Ross thing, the last time Rick Ross dropped an album, he did about 30,000 copies. So he's doing the same with Meek Mill as if he was to do solo. 
Now, here's where the person that's not benefiting from this at all. So one person is doing the same, hasn't increased or decreased. What you can see is, like, ah, that's, that's cool. The other person, Meek Mill, his last album did like 90,000 first week. He's gone drastically down to 30,000. So nobody benefited from this collab album. You know, if, Rick, if this album did about 50,000, 60,000, you could say, okay, Rick Ross did a lot more than what he normally does as a solo. It benefited Rick Ross. And then Meek went a little bit down, but, you know, you know, if, if it would have done 60 to 70,000 first week, I'd have been like, this is not a flop. This is great. This is great numbers. But 30 to 35,000, all that shit talking, all those interviews, I don't know. Now, albums aren't about sales. All about sales. Uh, I've heard that the songs that came out with Meek Mill and Rick Ross album, collab album, I like them. Matter of fact, I'm going to go listen to the project. And I heard, uh, let me see what the track is. I heard the track. Let me see. It's called like Starlink or some shit. Star or something. Something. Let me see. Because I want to get this right. Uh, too bad to get true. Uh, Star Island. Fire track. So the album is sounding great to me. I like the songs that they released. I like the Star whatever track. So to me, it's sounding great. Musically wise and like music wise, you know, it's sounding great so far. Um, but, you know, that's... You know, you're competing with NBA Youngboy, who dropped Decided 2, and that's projected to do about 30,000, 35,000. So you're competing with NBA Youngboy, uh, a guy who's just randomly dropping albums and just not really, he's, he's on house arrest. He's not doing any interviews, can't really shoot music videos like that, and he's about to do numbers that you guys are about to do. Let's be honest, though, Rick Ross and Meek Mill have never done insane numbers. And the funny thing about this is Meek Mill responded to those projection of sales, and that's what he said. And he's got a point on this, but at the end of the day, this is kind of deflecting from the actual thing. Amik said this. It says me and Ross are on pace to sell 35k first week. I would post. I would post if it said 350k. Uh, hold on. I would post if it said 350k. I'm too nice and rich to be rapping in a control music environment. That's why we drop in music on Fridays. It doesn't make sense. Uh, now we all own our music. We're getting the tech built to put people on our own musical subscriptions. And we're going to let direct-to-consumer see if rap is doing well. So direct-to-consumer. Uh, he said this. The streets love this album, too. I'm, I'm going to use every drop of my talent. Now I, now I own 100% of my music now. It was top tier for the hustlers and winners. I'll tap in. It's too good to be true. Owned by William Roberts and Robert Williams. <laughs> That's why I found out about their name being flipped. Um Staring at social media, fantasizing about others' lives and getting mentally sick. I've seen it happen to so many people. It's like cloud zombie effect. I never wanted to be on billboards. A lot of them guys, they market in front of us, can't make 100K today. Uh, if people believe that, though, I want I want that market, too. I'm hungry. So he's saying basically we own 100% of the music, so 35K is great because we did it independently. You know, that's what he's saying. Through Maybach Music, and they had like a little distribution Uh what is it, Dire, dire Stow? Not Distro, but D-I-R-S-T-O. So independently, 30, 35K is not bad, man. You know, I don't see any issue with that. I think that's that's pretty decent. You know, I would expect Meek Mill and Rick Ross to do about 50 to 60, maybe even 70, but uh, independently, it's not that bad, man. Uh, but that's two two stars coming together. Meek Mill has actually sold sometimes more than Rick Ross. Uh, if anything, this hurt Meek Mill. That's all it did. Uh, it kept Ross at the same level that he is. 
Uh, this project is not going to go gold because that's just the history of Rick Ross and Meek Mill. They struggle just to do 500000 Um So that's the reality situation. Uh, there's levels to the shit, guys. There's levels to the shit, and I think Meek and Ross, great artists. Project is probably amazing. Uh, this is not about the music. I think, you know, I think Ross and Meek deliver great projects. Wins and Losses for me is one of my favorite Meek Mill albums. And God forgives I don't is one of my favorite Rick Ross albums. Uh, they deliver great music. So, you know, I see people say I'm hating on them and I don't like them and all I do is hate. It's not the case. I just don't like when, you know, the shenanigans come about. Just make, you know, if somebody asks you about a certain artist, just say, you know what? Uh, we moved on from that, you know. Check the scoreboard. Say some stupid shit like that and then, uh, you know, just move on from it. Not say, oh, he needs to get a job. I'll offer him a job. He's broke. Like, come on, bro. You need, you know, you're trying to get in these headlines. You're trying to get, you know, Curtis to respond. He didn't respond. So the album, you know, uh, let me play the clip for you guys. This nigga Fifth just came through. Yeah, just Fifth. 34,000? 34,000. Is that a rock or a brick? Oh, you talking about Rick Ross's album? Is that a rock? Rick Ross, he's talking about Rick Ross's. Oh, my God. 34,000. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about Rick Ross's album. 34,388 copies. And you know they went and bought some. Jeez. Oh, so you saying the label bought Rick Ross's album? No, you know he had to buy some. I would, you would oh. anybody would have panicked. Uh -huh. Oh, they, you saw the number trending, like you would, so you would, you was trending twenty. <laughs> oh Jeez. my God, rough. it was looking rough. It was, like so it was looking rough. How, how much you think Ross bought, yo? Yeah. Half of that, right? Yeah, that about fifteen thousand. He bought fifteen thousand yeah, albums. Yeah, half. Yeah, yeah. half. <laughs> Is that a rock or brick? Anyways, uh, that was just funny because I saw somebody respond to that, but uh. Yeah, man, uh, I, I got to listen to the project. I think it's going to be really dope to hear. Um, you know, maybe they might might get a hit off that and then the album starts picking up in sales. But uh, all this to, uh, you know, to do to do numbers like that is just quite funny to me. Uh, no Drake on this project because if Drake was on here, he would have gave a stimulus pack to Rick Ross, who's Drake's been saving Rick Ross's career, let's just say, for the last couple of years. Uh, we looked at the numbers, the streaming numbers. Uh, Money in the Grave is Ross's biggest song, and that's Drake's record uh, featuring him. So uh, I say all that to say, you know, Ross talks this big talk about being this big artist, but then of the day, man, uh, he's not that big of an artist, and this is another proven factor of it. So, yeah, we'll keep our eye on this album and see what, 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 what it actually is. It's projected to do that. Now, you know, if Rick Ross decides to buy a couple copies of his album... <laughs> It might do 50000 I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but that's the projection of it. So hopefully Meek, uh, NBA Youngboy beats them. You know, Shout out to NBA Youngboy, man. He, he, he probably going to beat them. Uh, 2024 Grammy nominations have been announced, and here's the full list. Um, best Rap Album, Drake, 21 Savage, Her Loss, Killer Mike, Michael, Metro Boomin, Heroes and Villains, Nas, Kings, These Three, Travis Scott, Utopia. Interesting. Best Rap Song, Doja Cat, Attention, Nicki Minaj, I Spice, Barbie World, Lil Uzi Vert, I just want to rock. Uh, Drake, 21 Savage, Rich Flex, and then Killer Mike, Scientists and Engineers. Best Rap Performance, Kendrick Lamar and Baby Keem, The Hillbillies, Black Dot, Love Letter, Drake, 21 Savage, Rich Flex, Killer Mike, Special, Coyle Ray, Players. Best Melodic Rap Performance, Burner Boy, 21 Savage, Sitting on Top of the World, Doja Cat, Attention, Drake, 21 Savage, Spin About You, Lil Dirk J. Cole, All My Life, SZA, Low. Album of the Year. So there's a bunch of country, Taylor Swift, 
There's SZA, SOS. That's really about it in terms of like hip hop, urban, whatever. Everybody else is Miley Cyrus, Boy Genius, John Batiste, Janelle Monet is there, The Age of Pleasure. Uh, everybody else like pop. So uh, record of the year, SZA got Kill Bill, but everybody else is just country and pop, Miley Cyrus. Song of the year, SZA got Kill Bill, but everybody else is just country and pop. Uh, best new artist, there's Ice Spice there, Jelly Roll there. Uh, shout out to Jelly Roll, man, that, that dope speech that he had. He's making it in his like late 30s, early 40s. He said, man, it's never too late to accomplish your dreams. So that was a cool uh, thing. And then a bunch of like R&B and best R&B performance and all this stuff. So if you want to go check out the list, simple, just Google 2024 Grammy nominations. Um, I could give two fucks about it, but uh, I know some people care. I don't really, this doesn't dictate to me whether music's dope or not. So, and sales don't either. So I just want to get that clear that sales don't dictate to me whether an album's dope or not, you know. So New Music Friday, Rick Ross and Meek Mill, Too Good to Be True. Huh? NBA Youngboy decided to Low Dirk Smirk Carter. That's a song. Uh, Chris Brown, 1111 album. Lil Wayne, Two Chains, Long Story Short. Jack Harlow, Loving on Me, Trippy Red, St. Michael. Uh, T Pain, Snoop Dogg, That's How We Ballin'. Dua Lipa, Houdini. Um, that's really about it. Uh, album sales. So Taylor Swift did about 1. something million. I forget. 1.578, whatever. Uh, she went drastically down, uh, probably because uh, physical album sales were down. But she's still at number one with 240,000 sold the second week. It's an 85% change. That is a wild, wild drop. Uh, that, 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 I don't know. Today's time is weird, but that kind of looks suspicious, man. Dropping 85% the next week. Usually albums within the second week drop about like 40, 50%, maybe. 85 is a wild second week drop, but yeah, 240,000 still a number one, 85% change in sales. Physicals were about 116,000 and streams were about 121,000. Uh, number two debut, Jungkook Golden at 202,000. Uh, Drake for All the Dogs, number three with 81,000. Morgan Wallen, One Thing at a Time at number four with 63,000. Bad Bunny at number five with 61,000. Jimmy Buffet debuted at number six with 53,000. Rod Wave Nostalgia, number seven with 44,000. Zach Bryan, uh, number eight with 44,000. Taylor Swift Midnight's number nine with 42,000. Taylor Swift Lover at number 10 with 41,000. Uh, is at num number 11 with SOS with 41,000. Uh, going down. Jeezy, uh, Young Jeezy debuted at number 20 with I Might Forgive But I Don't Forget at 29,000 copies sold. Interesting. That's pretty good, man. That's not bad. You know, Jeezy hasn't been really dropping any music and hasn't really been in the limelight like that. So that's not bad. You know, you Jeezy, his last album did, I think, worse. So he actually went up, I think. Let me see what his last album did. I think his last album, Recession, Recession 2, I think it was, it didn't really perform that well. He might have done worse. It might have been done better this time. So going up a little bit is not, you know, a bad, bad thing. Let me see. Jeezy Recession. Jeezy Recession 2 first week sale. I did 28K, so he went up 1,000 copies. <laughs> a, I guess, you know, it is what it is. Basically, same. He did the same shit. So it's not, that's not really that that good, but it's, it's you know, it's Jeezy, man. He's been around for the game for a while, so you kind of got to go, you know, with the flow there. Uh, going down, a bunch of Taylor Swift, a bunch of Doja Cat, 
Metro Boomin, Heroes and Villains at number 34 with 18,000. Lil Baby, My Turn at number 36 with 17,000. Drake, 21 Savage, Her Loss, number 38 with 17,000. M- Drake, Certified Lover Boy, number 39 with 16,000. Eminem, Curtain Call, number 41 with 16,000. Drake, Take Care, number 45 with 16,000. Kanye West, Graduation. Wow. That's in the top 50 at number 49 with 15,000. Interesting. That is Kanye West's best album still to this day, so... That just proves it right there. Uh, so nobody debate me ever again about what Kanye West album is the best. Uh, that's it for today's episode of the Diverse Mentality Podcast. If you get done listening to this, know that a documentary has dropped from me. June Spinner, Rob Chain documentary. Check it out. Um, if you already checked it out and then listen to this podcast after. Regardless, appreciate you, whatever, whichever path you take in listening and watching. I appreciate all you guys, Spotter. Spotify, Spotify, Spotter, Deezer, Pocket Cast, Spotify, Apple, all that. You already know the drill, YouTube. Thank you all, as usual. Have an amazing night, day, whenever you're listening to this, and peace.